Hello, kind listener. Hello, kind listener. I don't mean to hop up on that Christmas creep, but there's going to be a lot of gift buying happening probably here pretty soon. And if you are of the persuasion to do that kind of thing, we ask that you head over to duckfeed.tv slash tip jar and use the Amazon affiliate links there. Nobody likes going to stores. People like buying stuff on Amazon because it shows up and you don't have to watch terrible things happen in crowded places. Uh, when you do that, you get the same Amazon experience. You get uh, all the stuff for the same cost, except get this, a little bit comes to us. It is a great way to help out the network, and we really appreciate people taking the extra step. That extra step again, just, you know, go over to duckfeed.tv slash tip jar and use those links there if you, you know, feel like doing it, which if you do, thank you. Now, the episode. Or the appendix. Sorry, it's been a long weekend. Some of our landings were desperate adventures. We are now prepared to meet the inevitable counterattacks with power and with confidence. My name is Gary Butterfield. My name is Cole Ross. And you're listening to Bonfire Side Chat. It is a fave or favorite? <laughs> as some say. As and some say. As as you say, because this week we are reading your responses to the Nightmare of Mensis. Mm-hmm. We would like and to thank uh, Scott and David for stopping by last week. Yeah, yeah, it was great. Uh, you know, heard the episode. I, I it, goofballs. <laughs> you get four goofballs. Together, we're going to make a bunch of goof jokes. Yeah. Goof jokes happened. It was goofy. <laughs> um, it's not that hard to explain, guys. It's, it's, it's Gary, it's, near, it's nearly midnight here. How am I more cogent than you are? Yeah, I don't know. It's because it's I, I, uh, I, I woke up early to play Afterbirth. Oh. I went to sleep really late and then set an alarm to play Afterbirth. <laughs> so I, it's not, don't have sympathy for me. It's just me being stupid. Yeah. So. I've been awake since, since 6 a.m. because I had work to do, damn it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, well. Um, Gary, we have some follow up uh, from last time. Both of these pieces of follow up actually have to do with uh, the hunters and Yahargul. We asked for people hmm. to provide either defenses of these or um, uh, kind of things that will make that encounter more interesting and less just a terrible thing. Can you get us started with Ali? I will. Ali says via contact. In regards to the three hunters who gank you and Yarhagul, there's a nifty trick that can be used, which is to attack one of them with a shaman bone blade. It will make the other NPCs attack at one another, and you can attack more than one. And let them wail on each other while you wait or help. Yeah. Um, I've only just recently started messing around with the uh, the shaman bone blade. Mm-hmm. I have a hard time getting it to land. Hmm. Have you have you spent very much time with this item? No, they're so precious. You get like six of them in Mensis. Well, you eventually you can buy them from the Insight Merchant. Hmm. Um, so it's like you you eventually can get more. Um, but they are uh, there's like a wind up to them, and their range is really short. So oh. I feel like I'm not saying that this wouldn't work, Ali. I'm just saying that I yeah. I feel like if I tried it. It'd be really hard for me not to get one shot by a cannon while I was doing it, you know, because you just have to line it up really perfectly. It feels yeah. like I could see those being really useful in the in the chalices, actually. Yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. It's a cool it's a super cool item. I wish it was a hunter's tool. So it wasn't so limited. Oh, yeah. Just make it cost like 10 bullets, you know, and then and that would work. Yeah. So. 
Um, and then Doug writes in via the contact forum saying, there is at least one positive aspect of the Hunters and Yahargul if you come at the fight from a different angle. I, myself, beat my head against the fight until turning to the internet, where I found an unintentional story beat. The solution to the fight is to drop down the stairs to the left, come up behind the first Hunter and aggro him. This will almost certainly activate all three. Then run like hell deeper into the jail. And on one of the lower floors, there is a cell door that you can lock yourself into. In fact, it is the only cell in the place that still functions as a cell since there are no holes in the walls. Safe behind bars, you can bash away at the hunters with the axe or some other lengthy weapon. So while the fight itself was not fun, I had to sort of cheat. Um, there's still something very Lovecraft about having to lock oneself in a sanitarium to defeat foes so crazed that they can't figure out to open a door uh, to fight you. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Like, it would probably be more fun than the way I cheesed it, you know, which is just like just running in circles. So, yeah, yeah that's cruel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it sounded okay. like you said cruel. Yeah, that's cruel. Don't poor hunties. <laughs> Um, <laughs> they're just misguided hunty babies, hunty babies. um <laughs> on to responses about the area um cyan says via contact i don't know much about the pvp side of bloodborne but this area is where i decided to stake my claim i'd usually invade on the staircase above the spiders and wait patiently for the player to clear the room before descending to fight them myself and if they tried to be sneaky well then i simply activated the spiders I like that phrase. Uh, activated the spiders and sat back down to watch. Uh, you can be a nice invader too, unlocking the shortcuts before killing the player. I even got some arcane kills in now and then. Huh. Hmm. I, yeah, wonder, I like the idea of uh, helping out. Could you could you sequence break for them? Like get them past uh, Mika Lash? You, you you probably couldn't. Like no, I, because I, you 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 won't be in that area. Okay. Like so, yeah, because the the fog walls will come up. Oh, yeah. So, so yeah, you, they have yeah. those PVP zones, but you could there probably get that that first shortcut. Yeah, yeah, the one to get them at least past the Spider Cathedral. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, they, they yeah. Do, do that as a courtesy. Come on. Oh, absolutely. Like <laughs> opening up shortcuts and showing people when I was doing more uh, PVP and co-op. Yeah. Is like my favorite thing. Yeah. Like somebody would not have a shortcut open, and you just like gesture and try to get them to open it up. <laughs> like, come on, buddy. Yeah. Let's, That's on this thing. Let's do this. Let's work together. Mm-hmm. backstab um <laughs> audrey writes on via contact saying i found the automaton enemies in murgo's loft murgo's attendance yes mm-hmm. uh to be effectively scary they don't aggro you on sight and instead converge around you ominously without attacking leaving the player to grow increasingly nervous as they explore the zone their creepy jerky walk and weird bowling pin shape didn't help either mm-hmm. yeah we agree um, those are yeah. simultaneously goofy in the way they look and unsettling in the way they act. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Um, Derek says via Facebook, pigs with extra eyes, dog-headed cat crows, and spider buttholes make this area <laughs> spooky scary and worth it, even with the frenzy. The Mikalash fight would draw a lot less of my ire if I didn't spend an hour chasing him from mirror to mirror, with him doing his best to avoid running into his little room. I'm still not sure why this happened. Once he actually got in uh, the two little rooms, it's a good boss fight. Reflecting upon his defeat felt weird when I got to Murgo's wet nurse, which seemed at the time less narratively significant than Mikolash, especially since she can be the last boss fight in the game. Here, here. Yeah, I agreed. I, I don't, I've never, I understand how somebody could have a problem with Mikolash. Mm-hmm. I just, you know, either lucked out or who knows what happened, but I just never had a problem with that. Yeah. Um, I was so frustrated. I forget if it was David or Scott who pulled out the, uh, the Hannah Rivera Scooby-Doo chase. Oh, yeah. Referent for this, because that is exactly what I was going to drop. 
Mm. I didn't make a note of it because I didn't want somebody to swoop me, and they did it anyway. Yes. <laughs> <sighs> well, you know that's a that's a that's a seventies cartoon. <laughs> so you got that going for you. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I love how dismissive. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> no, yeah. I mean, so I had a little bit of a little bit of trouble um, with Mika Lash this time, like more trouble than last time. Mm. Um, just not so much getting getting him to behave, but it felt like he was doing call beyond more often. Oh than, yeah, than regular. And the chase the chase section did get tiresome. Yeah, the um that call beyond thing is really hard to dodge. Yeah. Like you can do it, but it's difficult. Yeah, it's it, it's like frame perfect almost. Yeah. 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 Um Doug writes in again via contact saying make contact <laughs> instead of dear sirs, I guess. That's Doug <laughs> Doug via make contact. <laughs> uh, the Nightmare of Mensis was one of my favorite areas in the game along with Bergenworth and the Upper Cathedral Ward. I think this is because there's something narratively satisfying about reaching an inner sanctum. As soon as you step into this place, you know you're no longer on the threshold of something important. You're actually in the place where things got real or unreal. The appearance of bird dogs, dog birds, and eye pigs let me know that this was truly a place where logic and reality were beginning to fold in on themselves. That said, I would have loved if uh, I would have loved it rather if they uh, had t- taken this idea to its ultimate conclusion. I think it would have been interesting to see the rules break down even further. Imagine a portion of the nightmare that went beyond the normal soul's verticality into the realm of M.C. Escher. There are portions of Murgo's loft that hinted this, but I think Frum could have broken the laws of physics even further. In fact, they could have gone for an even more meta vibe and have the control scheme shift itself somehow. I recognize that this may have been too much of a programming challenge to ask for, and perhaps a part of the DLC does this, but I think it would be truly Lovecraftian to have reality come apart at the seams just a little bit more. I would love to hear if you think the nightmare could have been a little bit more nightmarish uh, with dream logic, and if so, um, what would you like to see? Yeah, it sounds like the end of Labyrinth. <laughs> really? <laughs> I mean, I Um, I can speak to this. I don't know about changing the controls because part of what's great about these games is that they they do kind of stay consistent with that. mm -hmm. Um, But um, one of the few things that was really good about Arkham Knight, like one of the few things that was good about Arkham Knight was mm -hmm. the way that they did play with like now you see it, now you don't. And like the world changing around you, depending on what you're looking at, like if they actually mm-hmm. played with, you know, how impermanent some of this stuff could be and, you know, kind of like did some of that eternal darkness kind of sanity scare kind of stuff um, mm-hmm. that didn't really like threaten you or maybe it could threaten you. I don't know. You know things like spawning when you're not looking at them. Yeah. Like being yeah. In the periphery of your vision and stuff. Mm-hmm. Or yeah. like statues that move closer to you, like the like the angels and blink or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um that would be that would be really cool. I don't know about the Escher thing, but um, but yeah, like kind of playing into that Dark Knight or PT kind of style stuff. But that would be more set PC, and like you would have to like have a hallway or a place designed around that. That's not a place where like systems can run amok. Yeah, I don't I don't want there to be combat in any of that stuff. Yeah, like it'd be you, like fear. You, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Like it, it sounds like you know you want something like the the game Prey or something where you start walking on the walls, something that would be kind of neat. Um. I think you could do that without necessarily messing with things. Like if you go into a room and it is arranged as if gravity was on the wall, yeah, you know, or something like that, like everything is sticking to the wall. I think that would be, wouldn't interrupt the, the kind of tactile kind of play based games. They are, you mm-hmm. know, like you can't mess with too much with the controls or with, um, 
things that interact with the controls in these games. Like you have to be able to see enemies coming from every angle, things like that. Because when when you don't do that, it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. You know, it just becomes frustrating. But I think that you could have done something with the visuals almost purely mm-hmm. that I would have been really into. Yeah. Um, and I like your idea too. Like I like the idea of seeing things, you know, kind of out of the corner of your eye, kind of exactly like Arkham Knighting it. Yeah. Um, you know. So yeah, I would I would have dug that. More mm-hmm. things with sound. Yeah, definitely. Like all those things I would have been into. I don't think I would have been into anything that happened like explicitly that would impact the way it feels to fight things. Mm-hmm. Especially since I think that, you know, at this point in the game, like I already think Bloodborne is kind of too hard. Mm-hmm. Other than the two boss fights we fought here. But like <laughs> we didn't talk about a lot during the episode, but like fighting those big Murgo's attendants, like they just everything is forty percent minimum of your health. Yeah. You know, and and trying to fight one of those while also fighting a a gravity fuck kind of situation um i wouldn't be that into here's another cool thing they could have done like if the world changed substantially after you killed mikolash like Mm -hmm. if if this is kind of like every mortal who is in here who is uncorrupted they're bringing what they're what what they're doing to it like if he was holding something even more awful back yeah you know yeah i think that's kind of the idea for the the um the elevator or maybe the idea between the elevator going down to the brain of mensis Uh because that just spawns Mm-hmm. It's like it's like he's just a load bearing boss to, to use a TV tropes thing. Yeah. And that thing just kind of like I mean, it's not load bearing because the place doesn't collapse. But mm-hmm. him just dying makes that appear. Yeah. There's no there's ontological not, inertia. Not that I could see yeah, yeah. any reason for that. Another TV tropes thing. Yeah. <laughs> so, brought to you by TV tropes. Yep. Us. Um, <laughs> yeah. So uh, Sean F says via contact. Sean. So excited you- it, was, it was great to, to great to hang out with Sean at uh, PRG. Oh, hey, hey, Sean. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Sean. Uh, yeah, I won't say your last name, but I know it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I didn't realize this was the same Sean. Mm-hmm. Hey, Sean. Um, Sean says, I'm so excited that you guys are going to be talking about the Nightmare of Mensis because it's my favorite area in Bloodborne, hands down. The challenge of the initial areas is so satisfying to work through, and the payoff of facing off with Mikolash is a great moment in the game. I love his dialogue and the delivery of the actor, especially Ah Majestic. It's also uh, nice that he's not too difficult. He acts as a nice breather after the difficulty of the area itself. The constant sounds of the Nightmare Newborn, uh, or that the Nightmare Newmore, Newborn make, also make the area a creepy joy to navigate. The gameplay in the second half of the area isn't nearly as difficult, but the reveal of the pigeon dogs and dog pigeons and the multi-eyed pigs was very cool. And the boss battle with Murgo's wet nurse is icing on the cake. Another easy boss, but I love the look and feel of it with that invisible head and too many arms. The fact that the Nightmare Slain dialogue doesn't come up until after Murgo stops crying is a nice touch, a nice creepy touch. And there's also the reveal of the workshop being on fire when you revisit it. So much cool stuff. And now I'm going to drink a little bit and think about how I let a baby die. <laughs> it's kind of fucked up. Kind of fucked up. We all did it. Don't worry, man. We're not alone. Yeah, you're not let's alone. Let's silence the Nightmare Newborn. Like that's that's <laughs> what you're there to do. Yep. So do your duty. <laughs> we didn't talk about the fact that you hear the baby crying throughout this. But yeah, like, yeah, it pops up. On on one hand, like baby crying is such a such a cheap thing when there's no justification to it because oh, here's this sound that I am through millions of years of evolution, um, kind of designed to dislike. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and yeah. okay, so like here here it's going to be just playing up and down your spine, but here it makes an awful lot of sense with the way they're using yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, it's not it's not cheap. It's not gratuitous at all. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Um, Andy writes in, hey, Gary and Cole. Hi, Andy. 
The Nightmare hmm. of Mensis was my favorite area in the game. I gave up on Bloodborne sometime during the Nightmare Frontier, when those crazy brain people killed me instantly without warning, my first meaningful encounter with Frenzy. This was the culmination of many hours of being underwhelmed with the game. I picked it up again a month or two later and powered through the Nightmare of Mensis and was rewarded for my patience. The level works as an amazing series of set pieces, stealthing past those horrible brain people, the room full of creepy spiders, the fight with the hunter on the bridge, which was awesomely framed against the sky at the beginning of the level, creeping through a gothic castle, all culminating with a breathless breakneck chase after Mikolaj. This is probably the first time a Souls game has done this, actively asked you to throw caution to the wind and run through peril to apprehend an enemy, and it is all the more thrilling for it. It's like the designers had an abundance of ideas and threw them all at this area and Murgo's Loft, and I love them for it. Although my experience with this game as a whole was mixed, these two areas always feel a little bit special. Um, and then he praises us. Thank you, Andy. Yeah, thanks, Andy. Mm-hmm. Um, when you say he praises, it makes it, he just said like, thanks for everything. Yeah. I um, just, like it made that, <laughs> and then he praises us, makes it sound like he had a paragraph. Of, yeah, like, no, I just, Oh, I, Cole, I, <laughs> or is it Colesome? You know? <laughs> I hope it's not Colesome. No, no, I just, <laughs> I try, I try to cut the nice things people say about us in because, or out, out of this because, uh, you know, yeah, we course. read them and they're appreciated and it's taken yeah. as read, but yeah, but everybody didn't need to hear them. Yeah. Um, but it just, I just, it, Whatever anyone is filling in with their imagination. Oh yeah, prob- more probably he actually said. probably more than thank you and yeah, stuff. yeah, um, yeah. Good, uh, good insight. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, agreed. I don't have a lot to add. I'm, I'm with you. Um, the the breakneck pace thing is one of the reasons I like um, the area that name is escaping me in Dark Souls Two. That's after the gutter. Um, because oh, that's how I thought. Uh, yeah, Black Gulch. Black Gulch, how you're supposed to do that. You're not chasing anything, but I think you're just supposed to run through that yeah. dodging things. I mean, like, um, it, I didn't think of a thesis for this one, but it is running. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's it's get away, you know, mm-hmm. running mad. Yeah. Um, and finally, with some just fun and... You doing um, all right, man? Hmm? <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm doing just all right. <laughs> okay, cool. I'm doing fine. Um, I'm actually I'm actually doing pretty good. Cool. So I'm happy to hear yeah. that, man. Yeah, doing, <laughs> doing good. Things are looking up. So, awesome. feeling pretty good. Um... Emily says uh, via make contact. Carol uh, <laughs> runes may be inspired by Sumerian script, one of the earliest discovered writing systems that developed in ancient Sumer over 5,000 years ago. These days, we recognize Sumerian script mostly as a wedge-shaped cuneiform. I maybe did not pronounce that cuneiform. right. Cuneiform. Cuneiform. Um, but the earliest forms were uh, simple lines, curves, and pictorials. Some Sumerian written words were created by layering multiple symbols on top of each other to form a single character. There's a theory that the hunter's mark is composed of the uh, letters spelling the word blood stacked up on top of one another. Yeah. Same technique. Omnigram, I think, is what that's called. Yeah, it works yeah. too. Like if you look at the hunter's mark, it does yeah. spell blood. It's also the, uh, the 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 mark of the damned from Berserk. Yeah, or very similar. Well, it's yeah. not exactly like it doesn't have the spider arm sticking off the top. I suppose, yeah. But yeah, it's very similar to that. Um it's worth mentioning the word uh, Sumerian is very similar to Thumerian, and that the Thumerian descendant wields a long curved blade similar to a sickle sword, a common Sumerian weapon. They also had a creation myth for the moon, which involves uh, forcible impregnation. Maybe this ancient culture was an influence on the Thumerians in more ways than one. Perhaps not significant from a lore perspective, but it's fun to think about. An influence I th- I think for super- the Thumerians, not oh, on yeah. the Thumerians. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> like, I just wanted to make sure it's, that it's, it's like that, uh, that, uh, St. Mary thing from demon souls all over again. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, yeah. that's great. That's a super cool. Mm-hmm. That's a great letter. Yeah. Um, 
you know, and, and, and I wouldn't, it's like something that I don't know anything about, but I could totally see that being part of the, the melange of influences. Mm -hmm. No, I mean it like with, with the similar sounding, you know, name and also the way the script looks like all of that is really good evidence for like this thing that we consider is like our not precursor race because they were still humans, but like mm -hmm. a precursor civilization, you know, mm -hmm. and there's stuff like the like Sumerians are represented as like mystical keepers like what like weren't uh, the evil gods and ghostbusters sumerian like yeah v some v of them yeah were, I think. yeah vigo yeah. vigo was a carpathian but like the uh the the gatekeeper and the key master or whatever were yeah, uh, one of the one of the 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 people were sumerians yeah yeah so, so yeah so yeah that, that that is entirely not out of the realm of possibility and i'm super happy you brought it to my uh to my attention because i would like to do some reading yeah okay i don't know anything about it so there'll be something in the show notes um <laughs> It'll just be the Wikipedia on summer. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this is the season. We're really yeah. bad at this. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So thanks, everybody. If yeah. you have uh, things to say about the Upper Cathedral Ward, mm -hmm. um, hit us up at www.duckfeed.tv forward slash contact. <laughs> and uh, we'd you know, really appreciate that. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Um, it's, you know, if we, if we met you at the expo. Yeah. Yesterday. Nice, nice to have met you. <laughs> yeah. Um, we're recording this in the past. We didn't actually, you know, we're not saying it while you're hearing it. Um, yeah. And thanks. Uh, thanks for everything. Yeah. Thank you, everybody. Uh, you know, the usual stuff to do. We're just super happy you're here listening. I don't have a super cute, uh, sign off. So all I will say is umbasa. Umbasa. And we all pray that we will have far more soon. Yeah, you oh, they're my babies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They swap them. around. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, I forgot. You got to... Oh, wait, one second. There's a problem. Oh. Yeah. Somebody's somebody turned into a robot. Yeah. One second. What, was it me? Um was it was it me? Yes. That is. Oh, you. okay. Uh Zero downloading information pornography. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness, that yeah. sounds amazing. <laughs> like you sound like Shodan. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um can, can can you can you drop from the call real quick for me? And then yes, rejoin. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Man, you should leave that in just because it's amazing. <laughs> I'll probably put it in a. Uh, Hi, I'm your robot porn yeller. Okay, there we go. <laughs> robot porn yeller. <laughs> That's great. I, I hate it when they shop porn That's yeller. Great. That's your Thanksgiving Twitter handle. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I forget what we were saying. <laughs> So if you can imagine, there was actually more that I meant to say that I totally forgot about oh. until right now. But I just want to run it past you. So uh, real quick, one of the things I liked about um, the, the whole like, you know, we have too much knowledge and we've gone too far thing is mm -hmm. like that's such like a um, a fear of privilege. <laughs> it's like mm -hmm. I got too much knowledge, <laughs> you know, too much stuff. Everything will be fine if we just hung out here. And didn't go <laughs> any further. Too good. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I like that about it. And like Mikolash is like a great example of that. And stuff. It's like this society. This is a society that has like exceeded its bounds, and for it to have exceeded its bounds, it needs to have been have gone gotten to the point where it could have stopped at some like yeah. part of development. Yeah, that's really interesting. I, I didn't think about that, but it is definitely a first world problem. <laughs> Hashtag yeah, white church garb problems. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
Um, I got to I, a pun that I couldn't figure out how to deploy. <laughs> like, lay it on us. So this is all what the off-week episode is for. Okay, okay. so uh, they're trying to get eyeballs on the inside of their brain, right? They want eyeballs on the inside of their head. And they're also trying to get in sight. Eyeballs in sight. Eyeballs in sight. Inside of their brain, yeah. Yeah. Well, they um, would be able to see. They would have sight on, on the end. In- Sight. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Like uh, actual sight. question: um, Does anyone like do any humanoids? So, like, I guess like the the dudes who do get like that level of insight do have like their brains like bust open or mm-hmm. their heads bust open. Does their, do their brains actually have eyeballs on them at that point? Is that like kind of what we're seeing with the winter lamp things? That that's what happened and that's what your yeah. brain looks like once you get eyeball brain? Well, the the, uh, the winter lanterns, if you look at, if you pull up like a, a model online, it there's mm-hmm. it's not a brain. It just looks like a brain. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. it's messengers like oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry. in the shape yeah. of a brain. So there's no there's no brain there. If the mm-hmm. idea is that like maybe your your brain, because messengers do kind of have like a stringy uh, gray matter like appearance mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've never even thought of the idea that messengers are literally the brains of people who have too much insight that escape oh, once they God. get that from their <laughs> oh, skulls God. God. like Rings. a gremlin egg yeah. um, <laughs> like that's I, I don't know if there's anything to support that but it's I'm beautiful. really upset thinking about this uh, our, <laughs> yeah. our shivers support that mm, as they yeah, bloom just kind of crawling away from this exploded open head <laughs> really right, so I'm, I'm gonna have to dash okay right, oh yeah yeah. Yeah, I have ready. left my wife without oh. smooches for a long time. Oh, oh. she's gone oh. unsmooched. Mm. Dang. And, and, and goose. goose. Been just well, goose can can suck an egg, but <laughs> such an antagonistic relationship. Yeah, geez. you know it's a treat. He loves eggs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he hates smooches. He loves. And he hates. He loves living outside. Oh. <laughs> How how far into the nightmare are we gonna go? All the uh, way, baby. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Sweet. This, this train don't stop. All the um, way to Murgo. <laughs> yep. That my favorite uh, second string REM song. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna be a star. Screaming all yep. the way to Murgo. <laughs> the. Uh... He's the scat man. Yeah. He's the scat man. <laughs> that's a, oh, that, that's, that's a wake deep up. cut from the late 90s <laughs> is it <laughs> yeah i, I grew up just... in germany so that was popular culture mm. oh i always forget <laughs> <laughs> david you, you regularly uh, confirm like stereotypes about like german music to me Cause like you'll be like, uh, I'll be like, oh yeah, I was listening to this, and you're like, oh yeah, I was listening to like, you know, Cotton Eye Joe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then like some like really upsetting like booming and clanging music. <laughs> I, I I find Cotton Eye Joe pretty upsetting. Um, like I really want like, a Cotton Eye Joe Destillat remix now. Very. <laughs> well, I want to. I want to actually pick up like because the weird thing is rednecks with two X's or whatever. No, just just keep on adding up. more X's. If you think you've had to added too many X's, you haven't added enough X's. <laughs> <laughs> At which point it's just pronounced redneck. But um, 
The, Again, back to German. <laughs> what I'm interested in is they had an album with other songs on it. <laughs> like, I really want to go track down what is the rest of the songs on that album. Yeah, if, if you watch that, that video anytime recently, you'll notice that the singer makes a, a unreasonable and kind of inappropriate amount of eye contact with the camera. Mm-hmm. He, he spends a lot of time looking right at your sins. Music video thing, and I don't care for it. He knows where you came from, and he knows where you're going. (laughs) (laughs) He's asking about all the, you know, the hobos I've hit with my car. He's, uh, well, I think he's accusing you of being Cotton Eye Joe. Hold on, before we start, I'm gonna give Goose a peanut butter Kong so he'll get off, get off my microphone, Dick, and then, uh, (laughs) then we'll be able to talk good. I'll be right back. (laughs) Cool. Wait a minute. So, read the the the, the album that Cotton Eye Joe is from is called Sex and Violins, and there's a song on there called Wish You Were Here that is not actually what you think it is. Okay, yeah. I can't tell if that's better or worse. Yeah, yeah. There's also a song called The Sad but True Story of Ray Mingus, the lumberjack of Bulk Rock City, and his never slacking strive to exploit okay, the so far undiscovered areas on. of the intention to bodily intercourse from the opposite species of his kind during intake of all the mental conditions that could be derived from fermentation. Uh, yeah. What? What happened? <laughs> I, was, I really I need to track this down now. <laughs> I, mean. I was reading the title of a track on the Rednecks album Sex and Violins. Oh. Yeah. No. Yeah. Hi Scott. No problem. I can talk about Bloodborne or any of the Souls games for uh, at length. So talk about Blood Souls. Talking about Soulsborn. I, I could. Yep. Any of that. Any of that. I could. Blood. Just in general. Souls. Yeah. Yeah. Salt and blood. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Who? Who is Salt and Blood? No. Like, is he the, uh, the dreaded Amir of, of no, the no, no, he's he, Like, yeah, no, he's the the final boss of the DLC. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> salty blood. <laughs> Holy salty. shit! I would totally get real deep into a like a salty bet style randomized Ooh. uh fucking build random generator entry Maybe. kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. Yeah. So and you'd even just call it salty blood, and it would just work. <laughs> yeah. God, that's good. And especially Rich. if they made it so they could do uh, different, like all the the, the entire series. You know, mm-hmm. similar to how uh, Salty Bet's pulled from all those different fighting games. So you'd have, like, your your hunter versus your, like, full Havel <laughs> or something like that. Um, Bring in some characters from, like, Kingsfield to have some Dorito monsters. Oh, geez. <laughs> yeah. False King Alant, Old King Alant. <laughs> their only weakness is uh, getting within 30 degrees of their front because they can't turn <laughs> in time. So... Um, hmm. stay at 10 and 2 when you're fighting the Kingsfield guy <laughs> um, yeah or, or if, have like, you guys covered any of the Kingsfield games yet we uh, we covered the fourth one we okay. covered uh, the Ancient City alright What was it any good yeah, yeah. I like it a lot oh, really? the Ancient City is really good it's um, it's very slow like you, like we're not joking about that turning radius thing but um, other than that uh, it's, it's, it's really really good yeah okay so. uh, phenomenal soundtrack actually oh yeah yeah, that's like my blind spot in the because I've played like all the Souls games like seriously like a dozen times each or so, and but I've never gone back to checking out Kingsfield. 
at all. So, do we count? Do we count Dragon's Dogma as existing in the Soulsiverse? It does have stuff that uh, references Berserk. Yeah. Oh, there we go. I mean, I've never played it, so if so, maybe I need to. <laughs> it's it's one that pops up uh, alongside Near on the list of relatively modern non Souls but Souls like games that are actually mm. way too big for us to do. Yeah. Because they are these yeah. open world kind of things. Near, near, what, what's it? How do you pronounce that? N i e n i e r. Oh, you pronounce it n i e r. You pronounce it redneck. N i e r x x x x x. Redneck. It was just a bunch of static. Yeah, I'm drinking my podcast medicine, so pretty soon all my words are going to sound like that. Awesome. I'm drinking a delicious Coca Cola Zero right now. Oh. Proud sponsors of the League of Legends World Championship. Really? <laughs> I don't actually know. Leave work at work, David. I can't. <laughs> We're waking up at 3.30 in the morning to watch the finals at work. Oh, Jeez. wow. Oh, boy. Yeah. Mm. It's Hurt. official that like several good friends of mine now work at there, and I still am totally clueless when it comes to League. So it's a league yeah. in which there's several legends. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, shit. <laughs> Yeah, let's jump into this nightmare. We, we should totally get up in this nightmare. Yeah, the, the, just uh, before this turns into literally David just explaining League of Legends. <laughs> All right, so there's three lanes. Okay, there's top, yeah. there's mid, there's bottom. Some people would consider jungle a lane. They're wrong. Yeah, <laughs> just dutifully take notes. Our League of Legends 101 slash nightmare. Yeah. James, so like this yeah. episode, we're taking a break from souls and talking about <laughs> <Yeah>. esports <laughs> and our numbers skyrocket. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Join us next week that. for Minecraft minute. And <laughs> next <laughs> week for I'm actually playing Minecraft right now, by the way. <laughs> oh, cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I can't sit and concentrate for very long without like, and talk without like doing something else. And so Minecraft has to be my thing that I play like during meetings and stuff. So. Yeah, Scott, don't worry. Most people are playing Minecraft right now. That's true. <laughs> or League. So if I didn't have to take notes, I would be playing Afterbirth uh, <laughs> while doing this. So base Harrier. Did you guys know that Hans Zimmer did the score for a League of Their Own? Whoa, <laughs> <laughs> that's some association. So are way. you actually asking? Because the, the answer is no. <laughs> Uh, I had no idea. Uh, it was more of like me saying, hey, guys, Hans Zimmer did the score for a league of their own <laughs> because I couldn't remember the third. I, I knew. Uh, so, so, I, so I knew about, uh, you know, Gina Davis and I knew about Rosie O'Donnell, but I forgot Lori Petty. OK, mm. yeah. Lori Petty, that. tank girl. Mm. Yeah. yeah. The only thing I know, Lori Petty. Oh, um, she was also in Point Break. Mm-hmm. Right. There you go. That's my lawyer. Is that a kind of video game? Yep. <laughs> you do get points in it, so. Yeah. We yeah, were. Point break uh, does sound like something that would happen after you complete a combo breaker or something like that. Uh, you're, you're familiar with Ted Cruz, the guy who's not going to be president. Yes. Okay. I was I was watching the excru- excruciating debate the other night, and I realized that what Ted Cruz reminds me of are one of the bank robbers from Point Break, where like you know wearing like the rubber president mask. <laughs> If you look at him, like he looks like he's like someone on Twitter said, like he, like Ted Cruz always looks like he's wearing a Ted Cruz mask, <laughs> and I'm like, yes, finally, like the, there's something incredibly uncanny about the way that man, like, like you know, looks. It's like his... speak truth to man mask. <laughs> <laughs> it's like those foam masks from Mission Impossible. Yeah. God. Life huh. model decoy. <laughs> 